lesson uh, from this passage. It's This passage is one of my favorites, John chapter 6, uh, verse uh, um, 67, and six, or 68 and 69 is one of my favorite passages in all the Word of God. Uh, but we'll begin reading in 63. John 6, 63. It is the Spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. This is Jesus speaking. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning. Now, many of his disciples had already left him because of his uh, teaching and preaching in this, in this chapter. But it says, For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And he said, Therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me, except it were given unto him of my Father. Now that's a really unpopular message today, isn't it? The inability of man. There's a lot of Baptist churches that don't even like the words of Jesus. Right. Um, there's a lot of Baptist people in Baptist churches that would leave from following Christ if Christ was actually preaching those words himself. Yes. That no man can come unto me except the Father which sent me draw him, and so forth. Uh, a lot of different kind of things like that that Jesus said. Oh, um, but in this passage, he said, no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, and this is my favorite passage, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. That is so key. Not, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have showed us such a great way to live. Faith, there's the faith that we can live by, but we also need the faith that we can die by. Right? And without the words of eternal life, it doesn't matter how good a person you can become through your religion right. in this life. We need a faith that we can also die by. Otherwise, it's pointless. And so he says, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And, uh, and he, but he, he goes on and he says, and this follows uh, what Pastor Preach has preached recently. I think it was Wednesday night, actually. You were talking about messages following messages. Look at this verse. We were talking about what we believe. It, he, he was preaching uh, passages where it says, and we know, we know that specific thing. This doesn't say we know, but look at what it says. It says that in different words. And we believe and are sure right. what what pastor was talking about. We believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, that Christ, the singular, the one and only uh, Christ, the son of the living God. Yes. Well, this, these verses are packed with, with doctrine. We're not going to get into it, but I just want to point that out as we're, we're reading it. And we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for it was he that should betray him, being one of the twelve. What I want to do is a little bit different this morning. I want to ask you, what religion is there? What God is there to whom we can go if it's not the Lord Jesus Christ? If it is not true Christianity? There's a lot of forms of Christianity, but let's just think outside the box a little bit. Outside of Christianity, 
hypothetically speaking. If not the Lord Jesus Christ, what are your options today? What are your options? And this is what I'm talking about. It's one thing to, I think it's good to go to stop and consider these things sometimes. It comes, well, I've been living my life as a Christian, but now it's time to die. Well, what if, what if it's not about faith in Jesus Christ? Well, then what? what? What other option is there? What other realistic, viable option? Now, to us who are truly saved, it's a laughable concept, right? But seriously, what other option is there? What's going through your mind? We'll, we'll get into that. But should you stop following the Lord Jesus Christ, to whom would you go? There were a lot of disciples that were following Jesus at this time. And they quit following him. Well, to whom did they go? They went somewhere. Do you ever stop and consider where some of the people who stopped following Jesus went? Back to what? Or did they look for something? They gave up on that religion. And so now then they started following Jesus. And then so they quit following him. And so now they're going and they're going to go in another direction altogether that they've never explored before. But most of his disciples were Jews. They weren't atheists. They, when they stopped following Jesus, they just didn't just go, well, if it's not Jesus, then there isn't a God, so forget about it. I'm just not going to ever worry about religion ever again. I'm not going to be a religious person. It's all been a waste of time. No, when they stopped following Jesus, where did they go? And most people who stopped following Jesus today... Or maybe they follow the Jesus of their mind, like we were talking about. There's people who don't like what the Bible actually has to say about some things, and they stop, they leave the church, and they go somewhere else, and you hear about, oh, well, they're in another church down the road, or they ended up joining some other form of Christianity altogether, and so forth. They went somewhere. Most people are not atheists. So these people who stopped following Jesus here, well, where did they go? G- Peter assumed that they were going somewhere, I believe. Because when Jesus asked him, he said, and Peter, it's assumed that if you're not going to follow Jesus, you have to land somewhere. Because Peter said, Jesus asked, will you also go away? And Peter said, to whom shall we go? See, there has to be some landing point. If it's not Jesus, it's got to be somewhere, somebody, some God, something. And uh, because the majority of society is not atheists. These people weren't atheists. So if not Jesus, what? So the people who left Jesus, did they go back to their Pharisee or Sadducee leaders of the synagogue and go back to what they had been? In their minds, they had left, in their minds, they had left the dead traditionalism. This happens a lot in Christianity. They had left the dead traditionalism of Judaism. And here's this Jesus. He's a radical preaching this new way, this new way of living. And he's got a new message. But when Jesus nailed down that they in and of themselves can bring nothing to the table, they in and of themselves are unable to come to God. And when they said, you know, when they had to come to terms with uh, what he was saying here, they're like, and there's other things he said in this bed. That's a hard saying. Who can hear it? It's a hard saying. So where did they land? They go back to their dead, but they had given up on their dead Judaism. Did they go back to it? I often wonder, what about the rich young ruler who came to Jesus? And he said, he came with a preconceived idea in his mind about how he could get to heaven. He said, what good thing must I do 
That's a big difference than the, the Philippian jailer. Remember, the Philippian jailer came in and fell down and said, Sirs, what must I do? Open-ended question. What must I do to be saved? But the rich young ruler came and said, What good thing must I do to, to have eternal life? There's a big difference in what good thing. He was still thinking, it's works, and I need to know what I need to do. And, uh, but when Jesus told him, well, here's what you do. Keep all the law. And, well... Yeah, I've done that since my, since birth. I've I've kept I've kept everything. Okay, well, um, then why don't you just sell what you have, give it to the poor, and here's the key. Here's the kicker: come follow me. Be a real disciple. Be a follower of me. Uh, he couldn't do it. It was a hard saying. He couldn't do it. And so it says he went away sorrowful. You know how many people have heard the gospel message and they've heard. Here's what, it, here's what you need to do to be saved. And the gospel message is presented. And they go away sorrowful. This man went away sorrowful because he didn't want to, the rich young man went away sorrowful because he didn't want to give up what he loved the most. And everybody has those things that they love the most. And he wasn't willing. And he went away sorrowful. There's no record of him ever being saved. And, uh, oh, but he went away. And I've always wondered, well, when he went away sorrowful, where did he go? Did he just become an agnostic? Did he, what, was he not religious the rest of his life? And so we all, people have landing places when it comes to religion. And back in Jesus' time, they weren't atheists. According to the Pew Research today, in a 20, 2014 survey, self-identified atheists, in the United States, make up only make up 3.1% of the population. That's those people will say, uh, you try to talk to them, and they're like, oh, listen, I'm an atheist. It's only 3% of the population. Man is religious. He's, he's, uh, he's got a soul. He was created in the image of God. He knows. Right. The law is written on the tablets of his heart. Right. right? He knows right and wrong. Yeah. He knows that there's a God. He, he can look at creation and know, listen, this wasn't an accident. He knows. He has to force himself to believe evolution. He yes. has to force himself yes. to believe that there's not a God. And why does he do that? Because he really just wants to live the way he wants to live. Right. Okay. But only 3% of the population is atheists. And then there's another uh, 10% or so that are agnostic. And they won't come out and say, because it's a hard thing to come out and say, there's no God. I'm an atheist. Um, it just is what it is. So there's those others that go, well... But this is only 10% more. Um, that Well, we can't really know. There may be a God. There may not be a God. We can't really know. Uh, it's just a big mess. Religion, it's all basically the same anyway. It's a coping mechanism that weak individuals do to get through life. And so they use religion as a coping mechanism. And There's a lot of people like that. But even then, it's only 10%. The rest of other... So that's 87, 87% of the population of the world, or at least in America believes in God, is religious in some way. And so, oh, it's an interesting thing. There's 4,000 recognized faiths in the world. 4,000 different kinds of religion in the world. This, of course, and here's what's so interesting to me, as I was thinking about this, and I realized, wait, there's 4,000 religions in the world today. But it doesn't mean that there have always only been 4,000 religions, if you get my point. False religions 
come and go. There's 4,000 religions today. But those 4,000 religions don't include the God of Baal. They don't include Moloch, you know, like in the Old Testament. They don't include the gods of the Greeks and the Romans, the pagan Romans back, you know, in the time of Paul. Um, uh, the goddess Diana that the Ephesians represented. Where's that religion today? Um, there's forms of these false religions and other religions, but those specific religions with their form of worship, Baal worship, where they had their groves and they had their exact rituals and all the things like when uh, uh, Elijah challenged the prophets of Baal and it said they had their way of cutting themselves and they had their lancets and they, and they had their chants and their all this. What about the god of the Philistines, Dagon? Remember Dagon? Where's he today? Right? Um, so there's still in false religions today, there are roots of it that have always been. You know, Satan is a great imitator and it morphs and changes and stuff. But these, what about the gods of the Egyptians? The sun god. Uh, back during the time of Moses and the way that they worshipped. Where's that official religion uh, today, but there's 4,000 different religions today. If you were going to leave the Lord Jesus Christ, which one of those 4,000 religions would you cling to? Or maybe you would just become an atheist, I don't know. Oh, it's an interesting thing. We don't have any good options, do we? Outside, and we're going to look at a few of the options, but... We don't have any good options outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. And people will say, now all religions are really the same. At their core, they're all the same. And when people tell me that, I agree with them. I say, they are. All religions in the world are the same. They're works-based. They all have a purgatory. They all, none of them believe in an eternal hell, uh, in a place of judgment, that is your final destination um, when you die upon this earth. All other forms of religion have some other limbo, uh, some other uh, place. Sometimes it's reincarnation. One point, or no, five million people in this world believe in reincarnation like Buddhists. Um, there's 1.3 billion Hindus. Um, but they have a purgatory. Um, I brought a lesson. I won't go back over it, but I brought a message one time pointing out a Sunday school lesson, pointing out all the religions and how they all have their form of purgatory. And we looked at that. Islam has purgatory and so forth. Oh, um, uh, Roman Catholicism, etc. Oh, um, but there are all these similarities in false religion, except one true Christianity. The true gospel is different than any other religion. We are the only religion that has God sending His Son into the world to take on the form of man, die in our place as a substitute. All other religions, you earn your way into heaven. So all religion is the same. When people tell me all religions are the same, and they're looking, maybe they went to college and they took religion and they know that there's 4,000 religions in the world, and they can't all be wrong. Uh, Yeah, they can, except one. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And you can say, well, that's what he said. Well, that true Christianity is unique and different. No other religions have anything that even comes close 
to the Lord Jesus Christ. Not even close. And so, um, true Christianity is the only religion does, that doesn't rely on good works. So, I want to ask you, I want, I want you guys to give me some feedback. Out of the 4,000 religions that are in the world, <clears throat> what are some of your options to really find peace with God, a faith you can die by, if it's not for the Lord Jesus Christ? I believe these things help confirm our faith when we really look into and analyze the words of Peter. Do we identify with the words of Peter? Lord, to whom should we go? I love that statement. To whom would we go? Right. Let's consider our options this morning. Um, can you find true peace? Peter said, I want to say this again. He said, thou hast the words of eternal life. You can't find that outside the Bible. You can't find that outside of Jesus. What Jesus said earlier in this chapter, in John chapter 6, what he said about himself, what he said about us, <laughs> and our inability. But Peter said, you have the words of eternal life, and nobody else does. So if you weren't going to be a Christian, and you might have to just tell me, if, because as a Christian you know that there aren't any options, but give me some feedback on what are some other religions today? What pops into your mind that may be a possibility? Anybody, just give me a religion. Muslim? Muslim? Islam. Islam. A lot of people think that that's a viable option. Um, in Islam, it's the official religion of 26 countries, so they can't be wrong. Because if that many people believe in it, they must be going to heaven. 1.8 billion people, or 24% of the world's population. Maybe that's an option. That's a pretty staggering number. 1.8 billion Muslims in the world, and 24% of the world's population, and it's growing rapidly. Oh, I mean, it just... Roman Catholicism is not even remotely close. Not even close. Oh, and so, is that a viable option? There is no peace in Islam. I've read a fair amount of their scriptures. I've read their uh, chat. I've gone into chat rooms, question and answer chats with uh, Muslims. Oh, I've had friends, roommate. I had a roommate who was a Muslim, uh, very devout. Um, I've had conversations, known many of them. So I'm not completely ignorant about Islam. And in talking to them just one-on-one, -on -one, there's no peace. I've told you before how I had a friend of mine, and I asked him, if he knew where he was going, do you know where you're going when you die? Or, or I said, no, I said, do you know that you're going to heaven when you die? And it wasn't like a soul-winning question or anything. I was just asking him, you know, do you, do you know where you're going when you die? And he goes, oh, or going to heaven, and he goes, well, I can't know for sure. I said, he said, we cannot just assume that Allah will let us in, whether we've done enough or not in this life. And, and he said, really, he hadn't lived a good life. And based on how long you live and how much you can make up for the bad that you've done, it's literally, I was going back through it uh, last night, and or this, this morning, um, 
just going back over, it is completely 100% from the Quran, from what Islam leaders say, it's, it's works-based. It's about working your way into heaven. And at the end of the day, they say in their own writings that you cannot know, it's up to Allah, when you stand before Allah at the resurrection, and they have a purgatory. Um, to me, that's not, that's, not a very, that's not a very good option. Uh, Peter said, thou hast the words of eternal life. They do not have words of eternal life. There is no words of eternal life. There is nobody in whom you can place your faith and trust in that they, there's no redeemer. There's no redeemer in Islam. It's on you. you. Here's how you're supposed to live. This is what you're supposed to do. Here's a whole bunch of rules that were, by the way, made up by a pedophile, Muhammad, and um, I know that that might get me beheaded someday, but it's a fact. And oh, and so initially, when it started, it was like a cult, like pops up today, where he had pretty much mostly women following him. And in order to gain more support with the men, this is where we came up with some of the ideas for war and being able to conquer, and guys getting on board because then they realize, oh, well, when we go to heaven, then we get to this and this, and there's all these benefits and so forth. But when it started off, it was very, very shaky. And he went and he tried to grab some from uh, uh, Judaism and so forth and just grab from here and there, and he, and he developed his own, his own religion. Uh, what's another religion? So I'm, uh, the, Islam's not an option for me. Um, what about another religion that may be a viable option? Mormonism considered? Uh, not identi- anything that's not identified with Jesus, even in name. Buddhism. Buddhism. 500 million um, uh, Buddhists in the world. Um, that's a lot. Um, and it's an old religion. It's not old enough, in my opinion, but it's an old religion. Um, it goes back to the 6th century B.C., it was started by a guy in India. Um, his name wasn't Buddha, by the way. Um, his name was Siddhartha Gautama. Um, he is considered to be the Buddha. Um, but uh, it started in India. And uh, Buddhists believe that human life is one of suffering and that meditation, spiritual and physical labor, and good behavior are the ways to achieve enlightenment or nirvana. Nirvana is also a term for heaven. Um, they believe in reincarnation. If you don't cut it in this life, you get another chance. You come back, you come back, you come back, you come back in different ways um, until you eventually can reach nirvana. Um, I'm not really too fond of that one. Um, there's just not any peace. When they die, they do not, they absolutely do not know what is going to happen when they die. There's no way that they can have peace with God and know for sure that they're going to make it. So, what's a, so between Buddhism, that's 500 million, Islam, 1.8, now we're into the 2 billion people um, on the planet. There's only seven on the planet. What's another religion? There's 4,000. Taoism? I don't know anything about that. <laughs> I was thinking of spiritism. Mm-hmm. Spiritism would be, oh, is that maybe like Shinto religion? No, uh, spirit guides and uh, 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Following mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, um, it's similar to Shinto. Um, Shinto is a Japanese religion. Um, it's uh, one of the um, 4,000 religions. But there's 5 million people that follow Shinto um, this way. It's an ancient religion of Japan. Um, it started as long ago as 1000 BC, so it's actually older than Buddhism. Um, but they, they, there's a lot of spiritism and things in, in their religion. Um, Hindu, the Hindu religion, is actually, if we're looking at the size of religion, um, it's second to um, Islam. And Hindu is, is a very huge religion. There's some interesting things I want to point out about the Hindu religion. So there's 1.3 billion um, people that follow Hindu. So if we add that to Muslim, 1.8, 1.3, I think that's 3.1. <laughs> Brother Hogue would have to help me out with that because he's an accountant. But anyway, we're over, you know, we're, we're getting up there in the billions between those two. And then Buddhism. So we're, we're almost halfway to, or over halfway to the 7 billion mark with just these three uh, main ones right here out of 4,000 uh, religions. But um, concerning Hinduism, there's, there's a couple interesting things. Um, this is right from uh, the, uh, uh, percentage-wise, this is 15 to 16% of the global population is known as Hindu. Um, they have up to just thousands of gods. It's a, it's a sliding number. There, there are no set number of gods, but there are some main gods. Um, I want to read this. This is from the Khan Academy. This is a Hindu, um, a Hindu uh, publication. And uh, this is what they have to, how they explain some of it. There are many Hindu deities, some with great and others with limited powers. Most Hindus focus their devotion primarily on one of these whom they regard as supreme. The greatest deities have complex natures and are shown in art and in various variety of forms and situations for narratives. They sometimes are attended by spouses or their particular animal mounts. Um, they are often identified by physical characteristics and symbols, implements they hold or wear. While there are many gods with myriad forms, those most popularly worshipped by Hindus in India are Vishnu, Shiva, the goddess in her various aspects, and Shiva's sons, Ganesha and Kartikeya. Uh, according to some interpretations, all divinities are in fact a manifestation of a single godhead, divine force, or abstraction. Then get this. They have the Trimurti, or a triple form. It explains basic beliefs about the roles of Hindu gods, but is largely a Western interpretation of the main deities that has an obvious basis in the idea of the Christian trinity. The Hindu Trimurti consists of Brahma, the creator, Vishnu, the preserver, and Shiva, the destroyer. Uh, most Hindus are principally devoted to the god Vishnu, the god Shiva, or the goddess. These categorical practices are sometimes described as respective Oh, and it gives the name of how they're described. There is a term, as I was going through it, I ended up realizing a term. I recognize this term, uh, avatar. 
And, um, you know, I know it from the movie, you know, Avatar. And, and uh, um, but Avatar is a Hindu term. And it has to do with the various ways that God manifests him. So a lot of these gods, the many, many thousands of gods, are different ways that God, the, the main gods, manifest themselves in all these ways. And it can be in animals, and this is why they have animals, and different, all this weird stuff, and it goes on and on and on. But it's these avatars. And it's basically different ways that God manifests himself. Well, then I, as I was reading down through there on this Hindu site, there was this concept that concerning Jesus Christ. And this is what it said concerning him being an avatar. That Jesus Christ is a God-man is generally acknowledged in Hinduism. And I, fi- I find that interesting because, for I'll just stop right here, Islam recognizes Jesus Christ. They just don't give him credit for who he really was. Jesus Christ is real. I mean, the other religions have tried to, they twist and pervert who Jesus Christ was. And Hindu, one of the largest religions, hasn't left Jesus Christ alone. Oh, that he is the incarnation of God is dogma in the Christian religion. That he is an avatar is to view him through Hindu eyes. In the West, there has emerged a gradual recognition of Jesus Christ as an avatar, and it develops circuitously, or circuitously, partly through secret societies, mystery schools, esoteric groups, and non-Christian religions such as Islam. It has already been shown how in the 1870s, Ramakrishna embraced Jesus as an avatar. Basically, he was God who, uh, he was one of the manifestations of God. And so, um, but he, he's placed right there along with all the other gods. Um, and uh, it says, it goes on, embraced Jesus as an avatar and placed him within the Hindu pantheon. Half a century later, a Hindu convert to Christianity, not a true convert, but a Hindu convert to Christianity, V. Shakari, in his book, uh, Jesus the Avatar, stated that according to the Christian view, Jesus was the avatar of God. And it has been shown in chapter 3 how Christ replaced Krishna as a Western avatar. And this is how he concluded, Jesus was the avatar to end all avatars. If we take his life message seriously, we need not rack our brains to figure out which of the current contenders as an avatar of the divine. And then this is just some basic mumbo-jumbo that I can't wrap my mind around. All are and none is. Semicolon. And the avatar we are seeking is already in the midst of us, in us, and in those closest to us and furthest away. It's just a bunch of spiritualism, a bunch of mumbo-jumbo to make us feel better about worshiping God. But isn't it interesting that even the main false religions in this world, whether Islam wants to claim, well, Jesus was just a prophet. He was one of the greatest prophets. Um, Hindus want to call him an avatar. Um, Isn't it an interesting thing? And then one of the other main religions outside of Christianity is Judaism. And, of course, there are many, many millions that worship Judaism. Should we decide that being a Baptist is not adequate, believing in Jesus Christ just doesn't cut it, 
and we were to walk away as the disciples did with Jesus. For all intents and purposes, this is my thought on that, for all intents and purposes, to be a Baptist and to go to Judaism would indeed be like the disciples who left Jesus in John 6, eventually signing off on the killing of their Messiah, or like Judas mentioned in this passage who betrayed him. It would be to reject all the Old Testament scriptures which prophesy to Christ and return to look for another. The Jews are looking, they're still looking for a Messiah. So to be a Baptist, to be a true Christian who's already trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ, to, to walk away from that, Judaism is not, Judaism is just not an option for me. Um, and so, just real quick as we close, the gospel and, and you go down, you trickle down from there. The native god, the gods that the Native Americans worship, it all varies with each tribe you go to. And this is where the 4,000, how do we get that many? Because there are ethnic tribal gods. In history, there were different gods. I mean, just a city would have a god. And the different tribes would have their gods. And so... Um, there are similarities with all these religions. It's amazing how similar they are, but yet they all, um, there's all these variations, but there's only one true God. The gospel of Jesus Christ. This is where it's so unique. The gospel, all these other religions had a, had a beginning, and they started with a man. Buddhism started with a man in India. Um, Islam started with Muhammad. Um, it just, the gospel of Jesus Christ goes all the way back to the beginning. In all, in the early church, all of the gospel was preached from the Old Testament. See, if you read, just go to Wikipedia or whatever, and Christianity is a religion that's 2,000 years old, you know, and blah, blah, blah. No. Christianity goes all the way back. The Christians were called Christians first in Antioch. But that was, well, that was a while after the church was already alive and well. And when they were called Christians in Antioch. And they, weren't, they didn't call themselves Christians. They were called Christians. But what I'm talking about is the gospel goes all the way back to the beginning. And the New Testament saints were preaching Christ from the Old Testament. Yes. If you consider that, think about that. Christianity, this gospel that we have did not start 2,000 years ago. Christ came 2,000 years ago, but the gospel of Christ was being preached. Abel was worshiping properly, and Noah worshiped properly. And they all, when Job said, I know that my Redeemer liveth, he was talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? And he lived before Abraham. And so... Christianity is not 2,000 years old. 2,000 years ago, the saints of God began to be called Christians. They couldn't be called Christians in the Old Testament simply because Jesus Christ had not yet been born and wasn't named that specifically, but they were as Christian as we are Christian, if you understand what I mean. Because man has always been saved the same way. I'm not a full dispensationalist in which God has saved people in different ways down through time and he's going to save people in different ways in the future. No. Man has always been saved the same way. And that's by repentance and faith. You have to turn from your sin. You have to recognize that you're a sinner. 
the people back in the beginning, Enoch had to recognize, at some point in his life, he had to recognize, I'm a sinner. I need a savior. And these sacrifices that I'm offering are representative in a picture. And by the way, I'm obeying and doing what I'm told and doing it. And um, because they were supposed to do it. It wasn't of their imagination. From the beginning, man was told, this is how you do it. And this is why you do it. And so Christianity is not 2000 years old. Um, Job said, as a, as just as he said, before there was ever a Jew, he said, I know that my Redeemer liveth, and he will stand in the latter day. And I know that with my own eyes, and he also believed in the resurrection, I know that with my own eyeballs, I will be able to look at him. And, um, and though skin worms destroy this body, yet I know that in my flesh I shall see God. Amen. Right? Amen. He believed what he believed. Yes. So he wasn't called a Christian, but he was a saint, just like I'm a saint, and, and he was a believer in the true God. And so our religion is not a white man's religion. It is not a Jewish religion. It is not an Indian religion. It has no ethnic origin. Before there was ever a Jew, people were saved exactly the same way, and they worshiped the same exact God before there was ever a Jew. And before there was ever a white guy, by the way, whatever they were before the flood, Right? It's not the white man's religion. And if I read my Revelation correctly, in, in the end, it says that the saints in heaven will be from every tribe, every kindred, every tribe, every tongue are going to be in heaven. It's, not, it's, a world's, it's, it's for the world. And so this religion. And so I want to finish with the handout that I gave you. Our religious books in our Bible, the Bible is made up of many books. Look at that handout. And our books were not written by a single prophet. I'm really glad that my faith doesn't rest on the writings of a man. Just a man. One man. One man, I mean, even that that one man contradicts himself. If you really study, they contradict themselves. And there's been had to be many, many revisions to the Quran and a bunch of additions along the way by special prophets who were authorized to do so. But, um... Our Bible doesn't need any revisions. Um, our religious books were not written by a single, or two, or three. But as stated in 1 Peter 1.21, it says, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. It didn't come by the will of man. Man, could ne- man would have never invented. Man has invented all those other 4,000 religions I was talking about. And the reason that they're all the same is because they believe that within yourself there's enough good works to please whatever God that is out there. That's what man comes up with. But this says that the scripture came not in old time by the will of man, but the will of God. The book that God had written says that we are all sinners and we are all corrupt and we cannot come to God and we need a Savior. That's way different. So by the will of God this was written, not by the will of man. And it says, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. There are 66 books in the Bible with 1,189 chapters, 31,173 verses, and they're all in harmony. Yes, That's pretty interesting. And it was written over a 1,500-year period of time. So it was written over you know, hundreds and hundreds of years by different people and it's consistent and the theme throughout it all points to Jesus Christ yes right isn't that pretty amazing Amen. there's not another 
And, and, and by the way, all those books speak of eternal life. And that's what we're looking for, right? If we're wanting peace and we want hope, if, if it's not, here's my whole point. If it's not for Jesus Christ, Peter said, to whom would we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And to what book would we go? I mean, this has the words of eternal life. Yes, it does. So going back, it says, he said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art Christ. No, he says, and we know and are sure that thou art that Christ. What Christ? The Christ that was written of in Genesis. The Christ that was written of in Exodus. The Christ that was written of in the Psalms. The Christ that was written in Isaiah. You're that Christ, the Son of the living God. It really is unlike any other religion. And all the rest of them really are the same. And none of them are really a viable option. 